This is the Do Better Podcast with Dr. Megan Miller and Joe Smith, launching you into the future of behavior analysis. To the Do Better podcast. Today's episode discusses how we can do better in the kitchen with Clint Evans. This is Megan. And this is Joe. This is where we blast off to the final frontier in the search of improving ourselves in the field of behavior analysis. Thank you for spending time with us. Now let us begin. Man, you guys have that down. <laughs> We've been yeah, that, practicing for a little bit. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That looks great. It's cool. To, I know people are going to hear it, but getting to watch it, it's a thing. You know, I've heard it. I've heard a few of your episodes, by the way. I love your podcast. Thank, and, you. Uh, Thank you. Just the whole do better thing. The whole. Thank you. Thank it's, you. It's its own enigma at this point. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's doing great. But uh, now I, now I can put uh, the process to, to video. So it looks, it's awesome to watch. <laughs> if you're listening to this, um, there's a lot of care going into how they do this for you. So appreciate what you got. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And your podcast, by the way, is amazing. Like I love listening to it. Um, and let's, let's get into right, right away. Let's, let's get in it. How, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Um, so if, if, the, if you don't know me, which is, it's quite possible because a lot of people don't yet. And I'm hoping to change that over time. But uh, I am one half of the Behavior Chef uh, group. My <laughs> name is Clint Evans. Uh, I am a board certified behavior analyst out of the St. Louis area. Um, my, I'm the creator of the Behavior Chef. And I brought another guy on who's a, a longtime friend of mine, avid foodie, fantastic home chef. And he's uh, got a, a degree in um, audio and video engineering. So he's doing he's working on our behavior bites side. If you've seen some of the snippets, we posted some videos over at our, our Instagram and, and Facebook page, but Tony Chambers is the other gentleman and he's uh, heading up our, we're, we're building, uh, it's taken a while, but we're taking our time to do it right. So we're building an entire library of uh, video modeling skills that we'll release later on. So there's a, 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 a sneak peek into, into what's coming, but um Things are going pretty well over here. Um, we're like I said when we were off air. I'm still thankful to have a job during all this. So, you know, we're BCBAs first, right? And yeah. um, there's a lot that goes into that. I know that we've had a lot of pivoting to do, all of us. And so, um, so far, so good. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's we're doing good. Um, so, thanks for asking. No problem. No problem. Like, so everyone knows your name now, <laughs> and but the listeners might not know your background. Background. Sure. So you attended St. Louis Christian College and mm -hmm. received a bachelor's degree in psychology. Yes. And theology, right? Yes. Yeah, I right. have a, a dual bachelor's in psychology and theology. That's awesome. Um, and then after that, you've decided to um, go to um, get your master's in applied behavior analysis from uh, Linwood, 
Yeah, Lindenwood. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it's local to, to us here in St. Louis. And then from there, how did you, you went, you uh, became a behavior analyst yes. with Acorn Health. And then in February, that's when Behavior Shift was born, correct? Yeah, February of, uh, actually it was, it was Valentine's Day 2019. Um, I remember because I just got back from dinner with my wife at this really fancy restaurant and we pigged out and had a good time and we had a lot of bootleg reinforcement or natural or non-contingent reinforcement, however you want to look at it. We yeah. had a good day. Uh, <laughs> and um, which oh, you, you got to do. That's that's a part of life. And that's kind of, you know, some of the stuff that we're talking about. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get to get to later on with the behavior side of nutrition. But um, I was sitting there at... Uh, at the, at the table at the time after we got home. And I just had this kind of burning, I don't know, thought in my head. I was like, you know, at the time I knew of a few people doing some, some dissemination, uh, if you will, with ABA outside of the traditional, you know, applications and like, you know, biggest ones that were at, at the time that I knew of were like behavior babe and the behavior man and, um, and uh, a few other people that were uh, Ryan O specifically, and I'd been yeah. following Ryan O quite a bit, seeing his uh, his videos, which I know you guys know him pretty well. And um, I just thought, man, I'm seeing a lot. And then I had uh, gone to ABAI. Uh, I don't think I'd gone yet, right? No, not yet. I hadn't gone yet, but I had seen stuff for it. And a lot of, uh, I joined the, um, I'm getting my timeline out of, out of whack here. Even the days with COVID are throwing off my history. So, uh, <laughs> but I joined the health sports and fitness SIG. And if you're listening and you're interested in it, go, go check it out. Uh, it's a fantastic place. A lot of us are there. Uh, it's like a big think tank and they have a lot of, they're doing a lot of monthly stuff right now too. So it's a really cool SIG to join. Um, but we, uh, I joined that and I, I saw a bunch of people like Joe, you were talking offline to yeah. KK wellness and yeah, yeah. and all those guys talking about nutrition, uh, and fitness. And I heard a lot of stuff about fitness, uh, about, um, specifically, I remember the thing that really sparked it for me was, uh, Dr. Jim Moore and yeah, his, yeah. His, his chaining protocols for Olympic lifting. And, you know, that was like a really kind of a pioneer study for for our science specifically on how to how to do it so you know uh when i did get to go to abai i uh i sat in that i, I met him there and it was fantastic but i was sitting there thinking you know where i i have uh, i have a voice somewhere i talk a lot so i know i can i can form it into something halfway decent maybe uh, but what do i want to talk about and i just realized there's a lot of application for for like personal training and um you know movement but there wasn't a lot of, of conversation about the fuel that goes to the body. Um, you know, it's like you've got this awesome car, um, you know, that's tuned and ready to run, but if you're putting the wrong fuel in it, it won't go anywhere. So that's a, I have a, I have a personal history with nutrition. Uh, uh, you can claim it good or bad, whichever way, but I've got a, <laughs> we've got a detailed past uh, nutrition and I, and I thought, you know what, why don't I start focusing on not necessarily what I'm eating, but, the how and the why. Uh, yeah, how you're, yeah, like how you're fueling your body mm -hmm. and yeah, and the behaviors that go into like fueling your body, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's where the, I literally sat there that night uh, <laughs> and I, I went to like Canva, uh, which is a fantastic free, you know, free site to make stuff. And I made like a clip art version of, uh, if you go back far enough on the Behavior Shift page, you can see the original picture was like a little apron and a little uh, uh, data 
uh, trend. And it just said behavior chef and like Lucidia writing, <laughs> uh, you know, like a little cursive. So I made it and I made this page and I threw it into like ABA, no, not ABA study group. I threw it into a few uh, just general applied behavior analysis groups. And I was like, Hey, you know, here's a group that I, or a page I started. I'm looking to, you know, talk about behavior nutrition. And I went to bed and I woke up with like, emails and questions and hey what is this what are you doing what, what's going on and my, my response honestly up until recently was I don't know what I'm doing I just wanted to put my foot into a door before it closed and you know start walking down that hallway whatever that looked like so fortunately since then we've had a we've had some growth and we've had some planning and we've been able to figure out a little bit of our trajectory um, and again I'm sure we can get into that as we go on but uh, that's that's the genesis of behavior chef I saw um, I saw a hole where, you know, I had experience personally, not, I hadn't used really ABA with it yet. I haven't really intertwined our science, but I had just had this, and I know a lot of people have this background. I, I, it's been sitting in the back of my mind. So I'll just say it, this yo-yo relationship with nutrition. Um, and I think the three of us, I, you know, I listened to your guys's podcast a couple of weeks back about that, um, about, you know, your, uh, contingencies and your bips that you wrote for your, your, your behaviors. And you kind of both hit on the same kind of thing. You, you both had like, you know, gung ho and, and lost a bunch of weight in some, whatever uh, modality that you used, whether it be, mm. you know, keto or dieting or weight lift, weightlifting, you, you did it, but then life happened. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we bounced back a little bit. That's, uh, that's my exact, exactly the same story. Um, I was in 2016, I weighed 360 pounds. And, uh, and I was blaming everything but me. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had recently gotten married. Um, so I got, I got fat and sassy. Um, and that was just because I, I had, uh, you know, I was really enjoying the first year of marriage with my wife and I didn't really, I've, I've, I've been a cook for a long time, but uh, you know, we talk about response effort when Domino's has a, uh, remember my order button. It's a lot easier to push that than it is to pull out some. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so Boom. easy. And we were, and you know, and, and that's a, a big thing, I think, with nutrition and behavior in general is the cognizance that goes into um, the, the behaviors that we do, making, you know, knowing our environment. So, like, I started tracking um, how often we were ordering pizza. And it was like three out of seven days on an average. And so I was like, okay, so there's, and you know, we're not getting like, uh, they, they don't make a, a crustless pizza, you know, for healthy reasons. So, we were getting all the good stuff, you know, and um, then I started looking at the caloric intake that was going into that. And I thought, whoa, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not fueling my body well, but it tastes so delicious. <laughs> you know, so I, it's, that's what we do. We, a lot of the times, and I don't want to speak for anybody, but I just noticed a trend, especially in our country, we, we push convenience and, and satiation and taste over, you know, functionality. Uh, what, what makes us function well is what I mean. And so Behavior Chef got born out of, uh, I actually, uh, I went to a company and paid them a bunch of money to help me learn how to diet. Yeah. And, um, and I, I don't like to use the word diet because diet, literally the definition of it is, is everything that you consume. Um, you know, diet is, we've, we put constraints on it when we talk about the keto diet or the carnivore diet or the blankety blank diet. It, it's so restrictive. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about act and things like that, um, you know, there's, we got to reframe a lot of thoughts <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of modalities when it comes to that, because it's, it's so punitive and there's nothing to me, there was nothing reinforcing about a diet. You know, what was reinforcing 
was getting my money's worth. Um, I paid a lot of money to this, um, this company. And I thought, you know, I even told my wife, I was like, I think the only way we're going to lose weight because we had, we had tried it all quote unquote and yeah. nothing, you know, nothing was sustainable. So I thought if I paid somebody a bunch of money, there's some value right there. There's an MO for me to, <laughs> to really dive in. And uh, then as, as you would go, you know, you see the scale drop and then you learn, you know, that it's not just about the scale. It's about how you feel, how you look, how your body reacts, you know? So all of those things became like natural contingencies. And, um, and that led me to, that was, that started in the middle of my ABA journey. And then I started connecting some of these, oh, Hey, you know, there are overlaps here with what I'm doing and some terminology I'm learning for a future career. And then, uh, then the behavior chef showed up. So that's, uh, that's the long winded short version of, <laughs> of the behavior chef. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely I mean, I, I, we all have stories about, mm-hmm. you know, how we progress with our, our journey as losing weight. And I think a lot of us try to try those fad diets um, that just, we, we would lose a lot of weight really fast, but then we get to a holiday or a party and then it goes all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like you were saying, you didn't like the, the word diet, I, I agree. I don't like the word diet. I think what well, one thing that I, the word that I love to use is lifestyle change or yes. the, I think that's perfect. I think the more way, I mean, the more ways we can ref, I mean, use the word lifestyle. Um, and this is my lifestyle. This is how I eat. This is my lifestyle. The better off our country is going to be because there is a BC, uh, epidemic um and i feel like you know if we're able to reframe i mean like use a different terminology i think a lot of us will think differently of how how we view food yeah i I do too i think that the normal american relationship with food a good way to sum it up is complicated yeah (laughs) um you know I've, i've i've had the the pleasure to travel abroad and um, even into, you know, I, Ireland was my favorite place we've been so far. Mm-hmm. And um, their relationship with food is so different. And they're, they're really, they're really not that far away. Um, but they're, um, they're, uh, it feels like it on a plane. But <laughs> when, when you get there, things are, things are, are fairly similar to our culture, you know, the way the way that they, um, they're a meat and potato society, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, the way that they deal with food, it's, it's not some cult following, you know, um, we, we have that, I think, here. We, yeah. And, I, and I, I give the nod to marketing. Marketing's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of unpacking to do with the way we, we, we view food in general. And one of my, like, I ca- the way I wanted to look at nutrition, or what I've called nutritional behavior, is not necessarily, um, you know, what I'm eating or, or why I'm eating it, but the skills around it. So, uh, take my own personal um, example. I learned, so part of this whole company that we paid was um, you're going to eat at home all the time. And you have, you know, you can choose um, like one night a week to have a, uh, a bump meal or, or a surplus meal, whatever you want to call it. A cheat. I try to get rid of, of the term cheat meal. Cause it, you know, again, that it just yeah. denotes that whole, like, yeah. I, I want, yeah. 
Yeah, right. That yeah, it's yeah, yeah. that it's dirty. Like, oh, I can finally let go. And in reality, it's just life. And yeah. So it's, it's just um, what I've called it. Uh, I started. I haven't done this in a while, but I used to post pictures of my meals on Friday nights, and I would call them free operant Fridays. Uh, <laughs> and so that <laughs> was my that Friday was my free operant choice. Whatever I wanted to choose, and it coincided. You know, we talk about like pairing, right? So, um. I, one of my huge values, one of my biggest values is uh, personal time, quality time, uh, especially mm-hmm. with my wife. We work crazy hours together. We don't see each other that often. So what we try to do is we keep Friday night, um, like every Friday night is blocked out to be a date night. Mm-hmm. And that night is, co- it coincides with that free operant choice. And so uh, I get to do two things at once that I love. So talk about reinforcement and, you know, motivating operations for the next set of contingencies, you know, however you want to, if you want to look at it that deeply in, in behavioral terms, I think there are easy ways to look at it, um, you know, deeper, or not as deep as that. Really, uh, I'm focusing on what I want to do, what outcomes I want versus, um, you know, what restrictions that I can put on myself. And that's, that's the diet culture is yeah. the, the restrictions. Um, but I, I really started looking at the skills that people do or don't have in a kitchen. Yeah. Um, so that was, that I've been thinking on that for a long time and, you know, we'll, we'll do posts about it. And I, um, I like to post my, um, some of my creations just to, and put recipes with it just to show people like it's, it's not hard. You know, I, I shoot for, and I guess we, we were kind of talking about it earlier, you know, like with portion sizes and stuff. Yeah. When yeah. You, when you start doing these things, um, just like, you know, just like in, um, skill acquisition, we, we start working towards a terminal behavior, right? And then we, we shape it and we get it to where it's, uh, it's in the repertoire a bit, but then, um, we always talk about that generality piece that, you know, if we don't plan for generality, um, we're really not teaching a skill effectively. So, uh, with that, with the generality of whatever skill we might be teaching a learner, um, I try to do the same thing with myself when it comes to, uh, cooking a dish. Um, you know, and I, I try to shoot for my generality. Like I have a, a whole thing for myself. I want to be able to cook a meal that's healthy, that's that's uh, aesthetically pleasing, because I think that that's important to me. You know, we eat with our eyes first, and plus, running a social media page with uh, with you know, <laughs> mushy looking food doesn't exactly get the the likes and, and doesn't reinforce our you know what we're trying to do. But planning for the the generality and those natural contingencies, I I try to set um, you know using the same kinds of ingredients uh, in different meals and keeping it under a certain time frame. So I'm, I'm not necessarily doing hardcore, you know, timing myself and all of that, but just anecdotally, I'm able to find a recipe and, and make my own version of it. You know, I try to get it to where it's 20, 30 minutes and we're eating dinner. It's not because yeah. the reality for people is, you know, we can teach them the skills all day long, but if their environment doesn't support it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's, something to also, you know, keep in the back of our mind that, you know, it's awesome to have a really good support system at home too. Mm -hmm. When we're trying to lose weight or, you know, work on, you know, making the best versions of ourselves is to find a support system to really support our journey as well. Yeah. And, and the reality is sometimes, um, sometimes we have to reach outside of our homes sometimes we don't mm-hmm. have that support um in the way that we we would want it so definitely that conversation would have to have to happen at home but th- there is a reality for some people that that's not possible yeah um, you know and i i don't need to i i can't speculate on what that might be but we always have to plan for what might not be and it might not be possible for everybody to have that 
I have a fantastic support system. Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife and I work off each other on this whole thing. So she's in full support. And plus, she gets to eat all the food. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, she's that's a win-win. It is a win-win. Um, but also, there are some folks that, you know, that don't necessarily have that uh, support system. So then we have to look a little more inward, right? And find, um, it's, it's funny because we can look inward for some motivation for ourselves. But in doing that, there are so many cool um, places online that you can be part of a community that like of, of like-minded people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if uh, shameless plug, but if you're in, uh, if you're in ABA, we have a group just for that sort of thing. Uh, Behavior analysts get fed. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I was, we would do group contingencies in there um, to, to get people to work on their skills for, you know, cooking and some stimulus uh, generalization and, and even some response generalization and they were fun and they were working. That was the cool thing. I have, I have data because, you know, we're nerds. But I, <laughs> I, I've got data on, on people's increasing skills and all the while they're eating less outside of their homes. I, and yeah, I, I would argue that it doesn't matter what you're doing or what you're consuming. If you're consuming something that you purchased and made yourself, no matter what it is, it's going to be better than the best thing you could buy at McDonald's. Oh uh, yeah. Hands down. To, I mean, it, you could, you could slow turn your own butter and eat that with a stick and I would still take that over a, a Big Mac and fries. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but it's, um, I don't know about taste wise, but the, the point being, um, I wanted to get people focused on, you know, instead of thinking, all right, I've got 20 minutes to run to McDonald's, um, you know, the night before I, I have 20 minutes. Now I know how to make a meal. Right. Yeah. So I can meal prep um, for the next three or four days within 20, 30 minutes. And therefore, uh, I don't have to think about it as much. My Mac, like we were talking before, macronutrients yeah. and all that stuff. That's a whole nother part of the conversation. That's not even the yeah. behavioral component. Uh, yeah. That's just understanding nutrition which is another thing that Behavior Chef is doing right now. We've actually um, been gifted uh, Precision Nutrition's Level 1 class. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I've got a podcast coming out with um, Adam Fight, And Adam is um, one of the heads of the curriculum development team at Precision Nutrition. So we just did a podcast episode last week that'll be coming out here soon. And um, you know, we express interest in the program because it's, it's scientifically backed. You know how we're all about data. Yeah, in our field. So it's not just a, uh, you know, do this and you'll, you'll feel better kind of stuff. There are empirical studies. It's written by, you know, people that know what they're doing, like, uh, like registered dietitians and people that have been in the industry forever. So it's in the end, it was, uh, if you're a part of the, the SIG, um, the health sports and fitness, SIG, it was definitely recommended in there. Like I, I, it's a very great group of people if you're interested yeah. in health sports and fitness. Cause I would ask all my questions there. Um, actually Dr. Sloviak, uh, yeah, yeah, I, Julie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Julie's, Julie's awesome. Um, yeah. Her and I, you know, we've never met, but I, when I first started, we emailed back and forth. Like she, I felt so bad because I bugged her all the time. <laughs> and, but she was like, you know, I, try these. She sent me like research articles. She's like, hey, go sign up for the SIG. And I didn't even realize that she was the head of it. I just, you know, yeah. people were talking about her being in the space. So I was like, oh, check it out. You know, the, the, the people there, um, they're so knowledgeable. Uh, I've reached out mm-hmm. to Kelly as well to just talk. Yeah. And, Instead of like, she would start, start typing back and then it would disappear. And then I, I would just get a voice memo and she would just be like, you know, I was going to type this, but I want to say it so you can hear it. And uh, we'd have full conversations about just, you know, what to do to get started. Um, yeah. You know, ABA doesn't have, we're, we're known the bread and butter. We're known for what we're known for. Right. So yeah. um, getting outside of that is, um, 
it's different. And I think one of the things being an entrepreneur in this space, um, I don't think I'm, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not an entrepreneur yeah. so to speak, but we really want to get people to notice ABA for what it can do outside of our normal population. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's one of the core tenets of, of do better too, is to not only do better at uh, being skilled practitioners and doing the best we can, because we, um, and I don't know if this is the exact, one of the exact reasons, but I know if, if you know about ABA's history, uh, it's not perfect. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have a perfect, perfect history and we are, uh, perception is reality. So we have to be humble people when it comes to those kind of criticisms. Uh, but I think one thing that do better does well is um, you guys have a great humble approach to stuff. And that kind of approach is what helps people like me and, and other groups that are trying to reach out because you guys are backbones for us. You know, I don't post a lot and do better, but I watch everything you guys do. Uh, and uh, it's, it's inspiring. It's encouraging. It's a place where people can come and be themselves and, at the beginning, I saw that Megan just had a huge smile. Uh, and I know, I, I know, well, I know being a creator of a group and a, of content myself, that hearing something like that of something that you've created for other people to be a part of and people really getting it, that's something that's reinforcing for you. But um, it's, I know I'm going on a rant here about it, but there's a reason. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic platform and it really is, um, it's a safe space. You know, it's a space for people to come with their questions, with their anger, with their happiness, with their successes, with their failures. You can be you there. And that's, that's the kind of value that I've got for, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, there are sometimes I post something and it's not 100% technically correct. And that doesn't make me a bad BCBA. That makes me a tired one. Uh, <laughs> when I'm posting content at nine o'clock at night and I, in, in my head, something makes sense and I have a word out of place and someone emails me about it, um, you know, I'll, I always engage in dialogue and say, okay, in my head, that makes sense. I'm trying to say what you're saying, but I see why it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fit. Yeah. I see why I, you're not in my head. So you don't know what I was trying to say. So I'll go back and fix it. And I'll even say, Hey, you know, I was corrected on this. Thank you for, for correcting me. Uh, I think that humanity is something that we need to show. Um, now, granted, we always want to have that fidelity and all that. stuff, And that's why I like about our community. If there is something that's off <laughs> on a post, it doesn't happen very often. But every once in a while when it, when it does, or if somebody has a, you know, that's confusing. I don't know if you're doing that right. Nobody's afraid to tell me. And um, I, I like that. I think that's what we should have. That's that iron sharpening iron type of thing. Um, you know, when we're learning from each other. And um, it also tells me people are listening, which is another cool thing. Because, um, you know, with the old adage, there's, there's no such thing as bad PR, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so getting, true getting a name out there is getting a name out there. And of course that's not entirely true, but um, it's been a journey to learn. It's, it's been just a little over a year and a half and you know, our platform is growing and um, we're branching out into to new things we've done. As you said earlier, we've done part during quarantine. We wanted to give back a little bit. So we offered the um, behavior chef cookout as a CEU course. People could um, so purchase, or you could just come join us for free and uh, have fun on Saturday morning watching me make a fool of myself. <laughs> I want, I just want to say thank you that, that what you were doing there was amazing. It, and you. such a, a unique take on pro, like just talking about ABA, but doing it in such a fun and engaging way that no one has ever done. Yeah. So. I, I, that's what I, that's what I felt honored to do. Cause I knew it was something brand new 
Yeah. And, um, and it's something that I'm going to continue actually. Um, the CEU portion might be, uh, that's just a lot of work. Uh, yeah. you guys, I'm sure you guys know what that's like. It's, yeah, it's a lot of work to put together, but doing it for fun, just meeting with people and, you know, sharing the same, it would, the content would be the same. We'd share what we would do in a CEU. It just wouldn't have to be so official. Um, which it wasn't that official anyway, either way, <laughs> uh, talking to myself in circles here, but thank you for the, the compliment. And I knew it was something exciting. Um, cause I, you know, I, I have a, you see the camera that I'm on. It's, I don't have a, a Tony has all the camera equipment. You know, he lives yeah. 30, 30, 40 minutes away from me. I have a little uh, webcam on a stick. <laughs> 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 you know, I'll take it down to my kitchen. And I, I did purchase some new, um, some new equipment to do it better. Um, so there's a part of, 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 do, of do better. I wanted to bring a better experience. So I have a, a rolling island that's in my kitchen. I have a small kitchen. We bought a, like a, an island cart that I can use as a, you know, it's a big chopping board. It rolls around. But also I got a... Um, uh, convection burner so I can do everything. Nice. Yeah. So instead of like switching the camera back and forth, I could lay everything out and we can do start to finish whatever we're going to do. We can do it right there. Um, so people will have a better experience because I can only imagine being on the other end and watching, you know, this all the time. Yeah, Moving the screen up and down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to this and you were part of that, sorry for the early stages. Um, but thanks for sticking around. I know we had a few people, uh, over at our Instagram, I had everybody, um, tag us when they were finished. And my favorite week we did was, um, we did cons uh, clear, concise, complete, uh, task analyses. And we did that for creating a marinara sauce. So I showed everybody how to do marinara sauce from scratch in 20 minutes. And I mean, it freezes well. So they're just, it wasn't just one serving. We're talking batches. But we also looked at uh, examples and, and non-examples of what um, good descriptive uh, task analysis or in the nutrition, in the eating world, that's just a recipe, uh, what, a, what a good recipe really looks like. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but I, I, the pictures uh, were awesome. And I got pictures from two or three people like two weeks later. Hey, I'm using the rest of my leftover uh, <laughs> marinara sauce making a dish today. That we, so, in, in, so not only do we teach a new skill, we talked about ABA in, in a different way than normal, right? We applied yep. it to nutritional skills and we, um, we built uh, sustainability. So that, that dish that we created was used in several different dishes um, over the course of the next couple of weeks. So just by doing that, we, we introduced new skills to people and some longevity with those skills. And that's ultimately what we want to do um, with, with the Behavior Chef platform is bring bring the uh, applied part of applied behavior analysis into the kitchen and help people be, uh, you know, better chefs, uh, even if it's, uh, you know, not formally trained. Like I get that all the time. Oh, you're a chef. No, not at all. I'm a home cook. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll never take the title chef, but um, I think the spirit of being a chef is someone who's always a learner specifically around food. Uh, and the techniques that are available are are really cool. Um, I can go down a rabbit hole with them, so yeah. I'll, I'll spare your listeners for that one. But um, <laughs> that's just one of my one of my passions, and I know it's it's one of Tony's as well. We often geek out about some of the knives that we get for presents, like for for Christmas. We both got a, a knife from a company that you know we really like. So there were like pictures, like Instagram pictures, sent back and forth to both of us. And I thought, man, if anybody saw. Our, uh, <laughs> our our feed of pictures they would think what is wrong with you people like you don't understand a quality knife goes a long way <laughs> it, it does like uh, i tell you what like one of the best 
um, investments I made in my kitchen was a really good quality knife. Yeah. Um, and a knife sharpener just because like when I'm cooking or um, meal prepping, like I want the right tools so then I can make quality dishes, especially like I started recently making pokey at home. Yeah, I saw that. That looks fantastic. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Like I, I had a craving for it because like during mm. COVID, I tried, uh, I tried um, uh, Pokey-tastic here in Norfolk and um, I loved it. And I was mm. like, how can I do this at home instead of spending $13 on this dish? Hmm. <laughs> so I so I was like I know I need like um sushi grade tuna or salmon and I know I need like quality ingredients and then I know I need to cut it up like really fine so then you're not you know ingesting like huge pieces of raw fish either <laughs> so um so no like a good knife goes a long way and it really helped out with that dish and make it making it taste so good. Um, if anyone, I mean, that could be the next thing that you do for your uh, behavior shift is a pokey dish. That's true. Uh, we could. We did. Um, what do we? Oh, uh, Tony and I did a, a little competition one day last year of homemade ramen, and um, he kicked my butt. But I think it was just because he knows how to take better pictures than I do. I uh, <laughs> so we <laughs> could do a. We could do a do better versus um, behavior chef poke bowl and see who wins. Oh, I'm uh, down for that. I, I don't know uh, that I I don't know that I stand a chance in that arena. That's a new set of skills uh, for me, but <laughs> I'd give it a shot. You you have at least one attempt on me, so uh, I'd I'd be happy to to two. Oh, that's yeah, not two, two, two. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> I didn't post a second bowl I made. Um, it wasn't <laughs> as pretty. Um, just because I added a whole lot more celery and spinach into my dish um it just sounds delicious it, though yeah oh it's so good but that's and the then, cool thing about this kind of thing right those those yeah. behavioral repertoires are so customizable and they change and then that's I, I don't know why i said that so excitedly but i was it, that's what people you know we, we get so bored with food mm-hmm. and i think that's part of the problem is that the, it, it's inherently not reinforcing to eat it's just a fuel for your body and you're used to buying the junk uh, oh yeah, that post-processed stuff that's full yes. of sodium and carbs and all that yummy goodness. But in the end, it's not helping you. No. Uh, launch uh, for the rest of your life, you're going to ingest that stuff, and you're going to have a shorter lifespan because of it. Absolutely, and I'm I'm a huge fan of stealing ideas from people. Um, <laughs> that's every good idea is borrowed, but if you give the right citations, if you take something, you know, you're fine, but I am inspired uh, all joking aside. I was just kidding. Yeah. So if you're listening, I don't steal things from people. I'm just totally kidding. Um, but I am inspired by other people. And one of yeah. the, one of the, one of the, uh, gentlemen that I'm really inspired by is binging with Babish. Have you ever seen, uh, this, this guy's YouTube or Facebook page? Um, so no. I, I'm going to have to now. Yeah, check him out. Uh, I actually got Ryan from Psychor on him like last week. And he's like, why'd you show me that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stop watching. But so the premise behind Binging with Babish started out, this guy was a web developer and he loved food. Um, mm-hmm. So he started making videos of, of, and this was the coolest part. He took videos of like Cartoon Network shows and like, um, like bacon pancakes from Adventure Time. And, um, you know, it was taken, there's like a little song that goes along with it. You know, I'm taking, taking bacon and I'm putting in a pancake. And so he, he literally took that and made it. 
And then he would take, he would take requests from movies and TV shows and uh, animated shows. And he would make the dish that was on screen in real life and teach you how he was doing it. So it was really entertaining. And, you know, it was completely, it was like a monstrosity most of the time. And they were over the top. But the funny thing is he actually switched careers because of it. Now he's making, you know, hand over fist money. He bought himself a house in upstate New York because of this, this job. So, you know, (laughs) that's a pretty big deal. But what he started doing after that is he branched out after what made him popular and started doing basics with Babish. And there's an entire series on, um, he was trained by someone else or, you know, did his research to figure out how to do kitchen skills um, Mm -hmm. at home, how to make, like one of my favorite ones that he does is how to make tonkatsu ramen, um, which is a pork-based ramen, um, how to make the broth yourself to make a, nice. a homemade version of ramen. And it's, it's definitely some decadent stuff, but uh, it's just so cool to watch. And that was kind of where I got part of my idea too, is like, how can we take the ideas? Cause it's, it's so entertaining for me to watch him make these things. Um, you know, what can I do with that? So what I like to do myself, how that influenced me was if let's say I have a fast food meal that I love, but I want to make it fit my, uh, my personal macronutrient. Uh, yeah intake so that's another like i said another discussion on the nutritional information yeah but getting to know you know your 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 base macros your base uh, you know whatever your goal is finding out the stuff that fits it and tracking it so important behaviorally but doing that i can still eat what i want um but what i get to do is i have a set of, of contingencies that are around it or an environment that's created to where i have to make that thing fit that environment and um you know, I, I love that challenge. It's for me, that's reinforcing is like, yeah. okay, how can I make uh, what's a good example? Oh, so one morning last year, I think it was the same, the same dish of ramen that lost to Tony. Uh, but I'll tell you why it <laughs> lost to Tony. Cause uh, I think, I think I was handicapped. Here's why I woke up one, <laughs> one morning and I looked at my wife and I said, I want to make a, a version of ramen that takes less than an hour and is very low carb. And, and she kind of looked at me like, all right, you have fun with that. And so I did, I actually was able to create, um, a ramen that was very low carb. Um, and it was, so, you know, with ramen in general, it's got to sit, it's got to like flavors need to be concentrated. So I found a way to, you know, kind of fake that in an hour and obviously wasn't as good as, you know, like restaurant quality ramen, but that wasn't what I was shooting for. What I was shooting for was you know, I wanted the function to be the same. (laughs) I wanted the, the slurp and the, the, crunchiness and the, all, all those things that go into eating something that complex. I wanted it at home and I didn't want to feel, um, I don't know about you. I'll, I'll speak to my, just, this is just me, honestly, after I do, if I talk myself into, um, you know, what we'll call a free operant meal, <laughs> if I talk myself into that free operant meal, I have to make sure that I don't go into overdrive because as soon as I do, let's say like I wanted ramen and I went and got real ramen. It's so, yeah. it's so dense when it comes to uh, sodium and when it comes to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, carbohydrates and things like that. Uh, even though I'm letting myself enjoy it because, you know, that's, it's just part of life. You know, the diet is nothing more than what I'm eating. Yeah. But telling myself all that I have this, you know, this uh, ontogeny behind me. I have this learning history of, yeah. of shame, <laughs> of food shame. And I know somebody listening right now is probably shaking their head too. You know, I have this. Yeah, you're. Shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, yeah, I, I get it. I get. I get the whole idea of food shaming. And then, um, like when you have the free operant meals, like 
I go hardcore, man. Sometimes, Dude, yeah, and, and it's hard, bad. Hard in the paint, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can undo a few days' worth of calorie restriction uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in one sitting. I've, I've done it. So recently, like examples, I've been doing, um, just for me during COVID, since my, my gym is closed, yeah. um, I, I've been focusing on getting my body fat percentage down. And one of the ways that I know to do that through looking up studies and things like that is, you know, trying for a small period of time for myself. And I'm, I say this every time I'm on a podcast, this is yeah. Clint's advice for Clint. So this is not, you know, <laughs> legally, this is not any nutritional advice or anything. This is an example of what I'm doing. So what I ended up doing was adopting a ketogenic diet and yeah. uh, really watching, you know, macros are super important there. So I knew if I was taking on keto to stay in a ketogenic state, I needed to track my macros. So I've already got kind of a built-in MO to track my food and be really focused on it. But one of the things that's, that's been tried and studied with, with ketogenic diets is, uh, you know, the, it helps with body fat percentage loss instead of just overall weight loss. Yeah. So, you know, not getting into too many specifics, but what you're really wanting to do, if you are, I have a pretty, uh, for my standards, I have a high body fat percentage. I want to get that down. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily worried so much about the weight or the scale. I use the scale as an indicator that, you know, it's moving in the right direction, even if it's slow, but I have a scale that also reads my BMI. And, yeah. and so I use that. And since I've started, I've dropped, you know, two or three or 4% body fat. Um, and I'm only doing it for a short time. So that way yeah. when the gyms open back up, I can go and cause I don't think it's sustainable for me and my lifestyle choice with heavy weightlifting and things like that. Yeah. But in, for the time being, I've adjusted my, uh, you know, my outcomes and it, it's been a fun process to learn how to cook new things. Um, I've learned how to make uh, these sausage keto pancakes that are just Ooh. fantastic. So keto pancake mix is not that great because you, you know, it, I, <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, Megan, you've tried, you've done keto yourself. So I was using, um, I don't even know. I, I don't know. Am I supposed to say brand names? I don't think it matters. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Bir- Birch, Birch Benders is, yeah. a, is a company. They, they, they're at Costco. I think they're at Walmart too. And they have a keto mix where basically two, two pancakes, two four-inch pancakes is about five grams of net carbs. That's pretty decent. Um, and I made, it, <laughs> I made it one time and just to get some sweetness, like I made a, uh, a reduction um, a, a cream, if you will, out of like heavy cream, some sugar-free syrup. And uh, like I, I stirred that bad boy until it reduced to uh, like a, uh, a real thick cream and then used that as my syrup because I didn't want to, yeah. you know, I didn't want to put my ketogenic state at jeopardy. So that's one of the downfalls is you have to be really versatile with what you're doing. So instead of that, I switched over because the pancake itself was dry, you know, <laughs> devoid of flavor. It, I didn't get to yeah. drown it in syrup like everything else. Um, and then, did you do you also watch your ketone levels too? Like during while you're doing keto? Yeah, I do. Uh, every once in a while, and you know you can take those or leave them for what for what they're worth. The yeah. the little ways that they have you track it. I don't I don't know the viability of them, but a yeah. little indicator tells me that I'm probably in ketosis. So I just use it that way. Um, uh, you know, even if it's if it's accurate or not, I'm not entirely sure, but it lets me know that I'm at least on the right track. Yeah, I'm not because I don't want to overdo it with fats. I don't want to underdo it. I want to try to hit the sweet spot. But with the pancake, what I ended up doing, to, I love savory things as well. So I ended up actually making those into savory pancakes. So I'd, I'd, make, uh, I'd weigh out my sausage, make the sausage, make the pancake mix, and then put cheese and sausage and chili powder in the pancake mix and then make the pancakes. And um, my wife, like, she loves it. 
she's like, man, these are the best, you know, it tastes like she, I've said this and she's, she said it as well. Like we love biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're new to the world, but that's not a keto thing. Uh, <laughs> really <laughs> no, definitely not. No. So it actually mimics like the, the flavor pretty well due to the, due to the chili powder and all this different stuff. Yeah. But I long winded rant to say, I, I found a way to adjust um, something that tastes terrible um, by itself into something that I actually look forward to having. Um, you know, I don't want to, cause something like that can, if you're not, if, if you're not, um, in this for like, if your mindset isn't lifestyle change, yeah, something like that could throw you off. Um, like this, this last weekend we were able to go, um, an all, an all socially distant. We were able to go see some family, um, in a, in a part of the state that's open. And, um, so for the first time in two months, we went to a restaurant. And um, I asked, I asked my wife, I said, what do you want to eat? And she said, uh, Italian. So clearly um, my, uh, my keto diet took a hit for the weekend, but um, that's fine. It's just a couple of days. And the experience that I got, you know, I got to spend time with my wife and see family and I got to sit into a a restaurant for the first time in two months, which I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal, but Carabas yeah. is fantastic if you haven't been to a restaurant in two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was but, so- uh, but yeah, that's so important too to have those lifestyle like those lifestyle um treats. Mm-hmm. To give yeah. yourself like almost like a like a refeed or just to energize you. And when you're in that moment, just savior those those treats. And, yeah. yeah. Mindful eating is huge in, yeah. in the moment. You know, uh, I'm a big proponent of, of uh, slowing down when you eat, you know, if you're supposed to be eating something that you've looked forward to, put your phone down. Yeah. Um, you know, really like I, my wife makes fun of me because I'll be like, do you, do you smell that? Or do you taste the complexity of that? You know, I've built my flavor profile up a bit, just doing this, especially over this last year and a half, really diving yeah. into recipes and stuff. And I've always been a big fan of really complex flavors, but learning how to do it, you know, your, your palate, just like anything else, your palate gets built up. Mm-hmm. So you can taste different things. And uh, that's, to me, I've, I've had to find, and this is probably one of the biggest take-home points for me, is you have to find uh, what it is about the behavior change you're trying to do that's something that's sustainable. And for me, yeah. the one thing, that, the one fire that hasn't gone out is chasing complex flavors and really enjoying like a dish. Um, you know, I, that's why I love using my smoker. Uh, yeah. You know, making smoked meat in and of itself is like this, you know, American thing. <laughs> but uh, in reality, like I, I just did some for, uh, for us and for some neighbors here over the weekend. It's a nine hour thing. Yeah. And, you know, to, to do it right, it takes a long time. There's several steps. But I, I love the finished product. And, and not even like, not even for me, I love giving it away. I love, um, you know, seeing other people be like, wow, this came from your backyard. Yeah, it did. And you can do it too. That's the coolest thing, you know, making, uh, that, that was my favorite uh, uh, behavior chef cookout so far was that, like I said earlier, the, the marinara one. It's just so funny because I, I, I told everybody before we started, you'll need three, three ingredients can make you a marinara sauce from scratch and it'll be better than what you get into a can. And sure enough, it, you know, uh, the, the base that you need is olive oil, um, crushed tomatoes and tomato paste. Those are the three things you absolutely have to have to make marinara sauce and time. That's probably not, not yeah. TH, but TI, uh, <laughs> <laughs> time yeah. or time that's optional, but you, you, you just need to, to learn the technique Yeah, and it doesn't take long. It's not hard. 
I certainly didn't know anything before I started. I just started Googling stuff. And the funnest thing about food is that it's so forgiving. You know, at the end of the day, you know, like I love the, and in, in grad school, one of the best analogies about learning um, forward and backward chaining, you know, uh, learning like backward chaining was you get to study making a sandwich was the example. Yeah. So what do you start with? You start with the last step. What's the last step? You get to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I love that, you know, obviously being a foodie, I'm like, well, that's, I can do that. You know, if I need to learn something and I get to eat it, but that's the cool part about being a home cook in general, um, you get to, you get to taste, you get to eat, uh, at the end, even if it's a, a cruddy dish, it's still better than nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've made some pretty, <laughs> I tried, I tried to make, uh, <laughs> this is, this is definitely the raw and real behavior chef moment. Um, cause not long ago I, I thought I was, you know, I was really getting everything down. I thought, you know, it would be really cool if I made some keto, <laughs> I can't even say it. If I made some keto uh, um, mozzarella sticks, okay? So I got the plan in my head. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's as awesome as you think it is. I got the plan in my head, um, and I put the mozzarella stick. Like I took the typical way that you would make them at home. You, you freeze yeah. them so they get hard. Then you would, you know, you would wrap them in, a, in a, uh, some kind of coating, whether it be flour, whatever it might be, in, in breadcrumbs. And then you can bake them. You can fry them. Well, I, I opted for um, an egg wash station with egg wash, yeah. almond flour, and uh, chicharrones or pork rinds finely um, blinced. And they were, okay. they were as fine as you can get. And I got them coated. Every, I took pictures before and after, of course. And everything looked great. It, I mean, I was like, this is going to be so good. And I put, them, <laughs> I put them in the oven. And when I pulled them out, it was literally a pile of... <laughs> like each stick just melted into a pile of <laughs> drones uh, and uh, uh, mar or marinara and mozzarella. I mean, it didn't look like a stick. It didn't hold its shape. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, at least we get to eat mozzarella sticks. They don't look like the way I wanted them to, but they tasted awesome. So therefore, they didn't go on Behavior Chef, but they went in my stomach. <laughs> That's a de uh, you know what? That's a deconstructed cheese stick. See, you know, you can, you can, yeah. however you want. That's, but that is the cool thing about anything culinary is you don't have to be afraid yeah. of it. Uh, yeah. You don't have to be afraid of, I, I, I haven't written, I've, I've had a piece for the blog in the back of my mind for a while and I haven't written it yet, but I just, the title has always been there. Um, mise en place, which is the French term for everything in its place. And it's, it's a culinary term that sous chefs use, um, you know, when they're prepping meat, like that's how they can make, 30, 40, five-star meals in 20 minutes because they have yeah. all this stuff ready to go and all these people doing it. And really, it's nothing more than an environmental arrangement and, uh, and you know, knowing what you need, getting, getting your, your things ready, uh, getting the necessary tools to get the skills. You know, however you want to look at it, it's really yeah. nothing more than environmental arrangement. And um, so that's one thing that I'm, I'm going to do as a, as a blog post at some point in the future. But I also want to do that as one of our behavior chef cookouts uh, in the future. I want to talk about the concept of environmental arrangement. Uh, you were talking earlier, I think we weren't recording yet, but we were talking about meal prep. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's such a buzzword or buzz. Well, I guess it can be a word if you hyphenate it. So yeah. uh, <laughs> meal dash prep. Meal prep is such a buzzword in, um, gosh, in what I'll call the fitfluence space. Yeah. You know, the Instagrams, the, um, I had the pleasure of having one of those fitfluencers on my podcast one of my earlier episodes. Yeah. Was uh, it Chris? 
Yeah, Chris Geffen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guy is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, one thing I like about him is that uh, most of his stuff comes from, like, he, he studies to see if he's right or wrong. Yeah. You know, he, he's reading um, journals. He's reading, I sent him some information on ACT. And, you know, he's reading about mindfulness and stuff like that. So, you know, we're talking about dissemination. I'm throwing some Steve Hayes at a bodybuilder. <laughs> um, but really, really awesome guy. And that was one thing he talked about with the FitFluence space. He said, you know, we see these people that have been doing these, these diet uh, lifestyles or these workout programs for 12, 14 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's been their life day in and day out. Someone's paying these people to do this. Like, you know, I think any of us could really get in shape if that's what we were paid to do. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's some motivating uh, operations there with some money at play. Uh, we could definitely, it would make it so much easier to do. Uh, but they put these things out there that say like, you know, if you want to look like me, here's a 12 week program to get you there. And the, um, the ploy there and what's really, what really stinks is it, it tells the public that in 12 weeks by doing this diet program or by doing this meal prep program or this workout program, I can look exactly like that person. Yeah. In reality, it's not going to be possible. Uh, if it is, I want to know your secret. <laughs> genetics are going to stop you. Um, but if your genetics are that awesome, you know, we need to talk. Uh, we need to get you sponsored somewhere. But I think it goes farther. It goes back to values. You know, um, what, what do we truly value? What's sustainable in our, in our values? Um, you know, aesthetics only go so far and they only last so long. Um, yeah. Long, longevity, um, <laughs> you know, longevity is going to outlive aesthetics um, unless you're, you know, Arnold and, those guys at, you know, 75 years old, still bench pressing 350 pounds. But how realistic is that for all of us? That's um, not. And they also, they, there's like movie stars too. Mm-hmm. They get paid and they yep. have people that help them look the way they do. You're right. And uh, I, so I try to follow some podcasts that are, you know, we talked earlier about Mind Pump and I think yeah. it's, uh, it's, it is really informative and it's really funny. So it's, you know, it has yeah. a good, good of both, but I also try to follow some, and I can't think of the, the gentleman's name right now, but there's a, a doctor of sports physiology um, that was out there and he was talking on one of the episodes about, uh, Oh, it was through a bodybuilding.com episode, but he was a guest and he was okay. talking about, um, and that's a great podcast too, if you're looking for yeah. something in that space. But what he was really talking about was what's um, what we kind of talk about what's functional right? What, and yeah. what, what, what's the environment going to support? So he talked about, he's in his forties, uh, going into his fifties. And he said, you know, I don't power lift anymore. Um, what I'm doing now is like goblet squats and basically all these things that you, you know, you would, he said, what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to be 80 years old and I want to be able to pick up my grandchildren. I want to be able to carry them in my arms. I want to be able to hoist them over my head. Mm. You know, if my body lets me. So He's focusing on future functionality um, now. He's, he's yeah. focusing on keeping the, the, you know, keeping your joints and your tendons loose. Uh, flexibility is just as important as strength, uh, yeah. if not more, because if you aren't flexible, then the strength is going to overcome you and you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, Fle- especially as we age, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I just, I, that always stuck out to me that, you know, because you, Joe, I, I know you specifically uh, are, you know, you've got a home gym and, um, we seem to have a fairly, fairly similar background. You know, I've been a gym rat for, uh, I've been a powerlifting gym rat for as long as I can remember. And if you know, yeah. you know I know CrossFit gets its, a, its, its bad rap of form. Uh, but if you've ever been in a weightlifting gym that's powerlifting, there are so many people doing a squat wrong. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's going to cause them so much pain. Uh, but this kind of stuff, you know, it's out there, the information to do things right. And, yeah. Uh, sustainable. Value. YouTube. YouTube is great. Yes. Like, so if you're looking at like different ways to like, like the proper way to squat depth, I love uh, watching all the um, s- starting strength. Yes. Yeah. Um, the guy is phenomenal at like going through, like basically he has a TA just for um, how to deadlift pro- yeah. properly. And he has like, they're super informative and they breaks, he breaks it down. So like break it down, breaks it down in very small steps, which I love. That's, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's awesome to see. Yeah. Starting strength uh, is one of the, uh, you know, like the OG yeah. um, groups out there uh, starting strength. And I remember being in, I was in the bodybuilding.com forums uh, when bodybuilding.com was just a forum. Uh, yeah. And now it's this like, you know, mega website conglomerate thing. But when it was just a forum for teenagers trying to like, I, I couldn't tell you how many posts I remember seeing, Hey, how much protein should I eat to bench 350? You know, like that's so discombobulated. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, starting strength and, um, and five by five programs um, were, I know we're switching gears a bit here, but they were, they're like the OG, um, the, the basic starting well starting strength that's why it's called starting strength yeah on these compound movements um that are broken down in tas actually to to give a a shout out to him nick green over at behavior fit oh yeah yeah so we've got a an episode that i'm i'm going to release before this is out i'm sure um but we you know we talked about it a lot and he just did um a, a post not long ago on instagram about um how many steps there really are to a proper deadlift and i think you know, I don't know where he pulled, I think he pulled his from, you know, some, he, what I love about Nick is he gets guidelines from like national organizations. So, you know, he'll talk about like, uh, you know, how should you arrange how much time that you work out each week? Well, the national society of such and such suggests, you know, 150 minutes a week. So he'll use that as a guideline. Like our, yeah. our governing bodies, what they're saying, let's just start there with the, the minimum amount they suggest. How can we get people to that? Yeah. And so he he pulled something from a a website. It might have might have been starting strength. I'm not sure, but um, I remember him showing the like sliding through or swiping through the pictures. And I think it was somewhere between 12 and 15 steps um, to do a proper deadlift. And uh, you know I could see like all the likes and stuff. And I thought someone's gonna comment there and go, "There's no way it's that difficult." And it it is it is it is, it is. it's just uh, broken down so much so you can learn how to do it fluidly right yeah fluidity fluency that's kind of what the name We're of the game proper form to you know make make sure that you're not injuring yourself um, and also also to make sure that you are doing it properly so then you can cons- consistently lift as heavy as you want to yeah and that same yeah. concept goes into nutrition. Yeah. Same concept. Those behavioral skills go in there. And so, you know, if I was able to give anybody advice, um, it would literally be, uh, just be honest with yourself. <laughs> be, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the start of it all because the, the, the unique thing that I love so much about behavioral uh, or nutritional behavior and in, even to the gym is the reality is you're competing against no one. Um, yeah. you're, you're literally in your own race and uh, it takes all the pressure off. Right. Uh, yeah. 
theoretically, of course. I know that there are, you know, environmental constraints and all these things, especially all these private events that we have surrounding them. But yeah. I, I just hope that that can be helpful to somebody is that, you know, there's, there's no pressure. Um, and it's, it's fun once you dive into the process. So if you're focused on the, the, uh, the end result or the destination, I know this is cliche, but it's so true. If you, if you only focus on the destination, you're going to miss one heck of a journey. Yeah. And, um, I know from where, like, I'm nowhere near where I want to be with my own weight, with my own body fat percentage. And I've been vocal about that. That doesn't mean that I'm not pursuing it. And what, what I'm doing is I know it's going to take me a while. Um, you know, I've lost, I've lost a considerable amount of weight, but I have a lot more to go. I've, I've dropped about 65 pounds. Um, and I've awesome job, off. man. Thank you. I've, I mean, I've kept that, it that's for, a lot of weight. It, it is. It's like a third grader. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I've kept it off for four years. Um, yeah. But there's another 30 or 40 that I'd like to get down to a normal range. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big guy in general. I'm just, I'm, I'm six, two, six, three, um, 200 some odd pounds. I'll leave that there. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just always, my family were, were big meat and potato Ohio people. And yeah. so, we, you know, we played sports and ate a lot of food. And uh, growing up now, I'm, I'm in my 30s. So my, my metabolism is not the same as when I was 18. No. The 30s, man, kills everyone. <laughs> I, horrible. I hurt myself in my <laughs> sleep the other day for the first time. I woke up with a stiff neck because I slept wrong. And I literally looked at my wife and I said, if this is what 30 means, let's just skip to 40. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it doesn't get any better. <laughs> oh, that's sure. so that's good to hear. But, so the, good. but that is so important. I mean, you're realizing that, but it's so important that that's why people need to do better, not only um, in our field, but also for ourselves. Yeah. So what are some things that people can do better in the kitchen? Like, tell me your top five things. Top five things. Um, so one of the things we've already talked about, get yourself a chef's knife. Yeah. Um, get yourself a, so I know people are afraid of sharp knives. You should really be afraid of a dull one. Yeah, um, a dull knife is going to do way more damage to you than a, a, a sharp knife will. And there are there are not there there are some that aren't very expensive. So I have a I have a really expensive one. That's just because I wanted it and I got it for a gift for Christmas or something like that. But it's it's really pretty. It's something that I wanted. I use it all the time uh, from a great company. And the reason why it's expensive is because of what it's made out of. It, it, the the edge lasts forever. There's uh, I think there's even free sharpening involved. I mean, it's if I need it, it's there. So I, yeah. I went ahead and spent the money for it. But there's also really inexpensive, really good knives. There's a, a, a company called Victronics, and mm -hmm. they make a chef's knife that uh, is about 35 bucks. And I have, so I have my really nice one, and I have a Victronics set. And because I, I use one, one of them's a work, the Victronics one, I could like, I could cut through your thoughts and dreams with that thing. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's a workhorse. And so to have something that's sharp, uh, it's not something to be afraid of. And the reason, yeah. reason why is because there's a set of skills that goes around it. So definitely having the right tools uh, in your kitchen um, is, is huge. Um, you know, we, one of the things that we, one of the behavior shift cookouts, we spent time teaching um, how to properly hold a knife, how to properly execute with a knife, how to, how to um, use the three finger tuck rule and cut and use your knuckles as a guide. So you're not slicing off into your thumb. Mm -hmm. By the way, I've done that. Don't do it. Uh, um, well, it grew back, but there's a divot in my thumb now. Um, because of, because of that, I wasn't using it correctly and yeah. you know, I've learned and I haven't done it since. So something's working. Um, 
but definitely you know, having those sort of tools, the, the biggest thing overall we talked about is finding your support system. Um, you know, we human beings making big changes, we, we don't do it alone. Um, there's always some support somewhere. And we, we definitely need that when it comes to, um, when it comes to whatever your goal is. I'm not just going to say weight loss because uh, I think even on your last podcast, there was somebody talking about gaining weight. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. needing to do that. And that's a reality. Um, it might not be weight loss. It might be uh, regulating, um, you know, blood glucose. It might be all human beings are so beautifully different mm-hmm. uh, that it's not one size fits all. And I, I hope that people can realize that, that, um, and another thing too, I know I'm getting a little bit more into the, the mentalistic space, but I'm just going to call it act and we'll make sure it's fine. Uh, <laughs> know, know your values. Um, yeah. Let your values drive your decisions. You know, uh, don't, uh, don't open a men's health or a women's health and see someone on the cover and say, you know, I want to go from where I am now to uh, 2% body fat in three weeks. You know, that's, first of all, that's not sustainable. And second of all, um, that's probably not really what you want. You know, you want, you want to live a long, healthy life. Most of us yeah. do. Most of us are going to want that. So let your values drive. And here's why, because for example, like this last weekend, when I let myself go, um, I let myself go knowing that there was no pressure. You know, I'm, I, mm. I am now back on what I consider my routine. And, um, I did some things to help myself. So I typically weigh myself three times a week. Um, yeah just to follow the trend. And I don't have an aversion to that. I don't have, I've made sure that that's not going to be something I obsess over. So for me, that's safe. Um, yeah. But I also let myself go pretty hard this weekend <laughs> and uh, me and carbs, we got along real nice. So I decided that I'm sk- I, I'm going to get back on my routine, but I'm going to skip weighing in this week because I know the number is going to be different. Uh, yeah. And that, that might discourage me. So I'm just going to not allow that to happen. That's not in my environment. Next week, I'll start the same process over again. And even if it's still high, I know why. You know, I know where I'm going. So my values drive my success um, and nothing else. It's, the number is just literally, it's just data. It is. And I, hope, and I really hope that if you're listening, you can take that into consideration if you have trouble with the scale. The scale is nothing more than just data for you to use uh, and decide, you know, where you want to go with it. So that's, that's the beauty of it. It has no power over you. It's just information. Yeah. And, um, so top top five there i think there was three um have good have good tools learn skills be values driven um top number four follow the behavior chef on all social media (laughs) (laughs) just kidding um number four uh would oh that would be your your support system and your your mentor um I, i really think that we should have somebody that we're doing this with even if we're not doing the same thing um, you've got someone to bounce ideas off of, to share your, your struggles, your triumphs, find us, find yourself an online community. Um, there are several, uh, do better is a great one. If you're not a part of it and you're just listening. Uh, I know the thing that I love about the group is that it's not, it's not a niche, right? A niche, yeah. however you want to say it. It's very wide open. I mean, you guys talk about everything in there. I love that. Um, you know, we have one that's very, very selective, uh, behavior and let's get fed. It's a group about nutrition specifically for people in ABA. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason is we want a safe space for practitioners to be able to come and talk. Uh, behavior analysts get fit is another one. They talk about, uh, you know, there, there's a running one and there's, you know, just search. If you're in ABA search for those, there's uh, join the SIGs, ask questions. There's no dumb question. If you're not an ABA, mm-hmm. um, jump on Facebook and find a group of, you know, search for your age group and, yeah find something like that, find something you can connect to. 
Um, you're not meant to do it alone. Uh, so sorry. Yeah. I mean, no, no, you're fine. I know. I totally agree. Like I tell you what, the one thing that saved me or like really helped me when I first started. And if you're listening to this and you don't know where to go, I, I would highly recommend, you know, starting with like one of those starting strength programs or bodybuilding.com. Mm-hmm. Because I learned so much information from starting at bodybuilding.com and going through the blogs. And there's so many people there that are like-minded. That's hard. It's really difficult not to find someone that shares your passion or your goals or want to keep you accountable. Exactly. And I think um, my final uh, practical piece would be um, be realistic and arrange your environment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're wanting, so for example, I, uh, you know, I'm trying to stick currently right now, me, I'm, I'm trying to be on a ketogenic diet. So therefore there's very little carbs in my house. Um, And on top of it, it's not enough, right? It's, it's not enough to just ignore or put a behavior on extinction, right? But we need a replacement behavior. And Mm -hmm. so it's not, it's not enough for me to just have uh, the the chocolate the sweets out of the house but i keep um atkins they're not exactly that would be considered dirty keto i'm sure but they um they have really low carb snacks that mimic um enough for me that that give me that like i don't know if it's my body wanting the the sweetness or if i'm really just craving something that's not super healthy um it tricks me into it i still have that available i have options for I, i'm not restricting anything specific um yeah I'm I'm learning the things that I like that are a bit different than, you know, the 300 grams of sugar that's in a whatever bar. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning something that's a little cleaner for my body. So I'm taking care of it and still getting what I want. Um, you know, arrange your environment to where you can contact those naturally reinforcing contingencies uh, or just free operant the heck out of it. You know, if you got to, I would much rather you eat everything in your fridge than go out and buy fast food all the time you know even if you're overeating um they talk about this a lot of mind pump when they when they would talk yeah. about um man we should get some kickback from that show they talk about when they would start um when they would start with somebody and they would say i want to lose weight they would actually bump their calories up um at the beginning and they would do it by only eating fruits and vegetables and natural foods yeah and then they, they would actually see, they would eat more calories and they would lose weight. And they were like, yeah. you know, what's going on? Well, the nutrients that you're getting, you know, there's a whole thing to it, but it, it's, it's all about mindset. And uh, man, I'm sounding like one of those fitfluence people. It's all about your, your stick to <laughs> It's not really, but it's, it's a behaviorally speaking. It's about having an environment that supports your, your known reinforcers that supports your behavior change and it's sustainable. Um, be realistic with yourself. That's, yeah. I think that's the most practical thing that I, I can say for sustainable lifestyle change. It's, it's be kind to yourself and, and be honest with yourself. I'm very honest with myself that I know where I'm sitting right now is a plateau I've been battling with for four years. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm very excited that I've lost 65 pounds, but in my personal life, I, I see it as like this massive dragon that I've got to slay uh, right in front of me. In reality, it's not that big. It's, it's just a, a plateau, but I'll tell you what, I've wrestled with it so many times that I've fallen off the wagon and because it's been that important to me. And I've really had to take a step back and say, okay, what, what's important about the situation? 
Um, is it is it important that you get to a certain number on the scale that nobody else is going to know but you? Or is it important that you learn the skills for lifestyle change that's going to make you healthy and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's going to serve your family? It's gonna, so I've really pivoted uh, into a different thought. And I guess within our field, that's a great thing too. If you're, you know, everybody has some sort of, everybody's got nutritional behavior. <laughs> everybody <Yeah>. eats. <laughs> um, and one of the things, I haven't got a chance to check it out yet, but um, ProSocial is something that I really want to jump into from Steve Hayes. Um, and I know it talks a lot about like teamwork and stuff, but it, it really talks about how people interact with each other. And mm-hmm. uh, a liberated mind is a fantastic resource. Um, just some of the act uh, workbooks are great to get an introduction to. And it really it speaks to mindfulness. Mindfulness is a yeah. thing. You know, we have to be mindful of, of our surroundings of ourselves. And you've got to check in on that internal state of yours all the time, especially right now uh, with the COVID-19 stuff. And the quarantines, wherever you guys are at, every every state seems to be different. But ABA itself, if you're if you're a practitioner, I know you're feeling the weight somewhere. Um, and I, I know there's a lot of us that don't have jobs right now. I know there's a lot of us that are uncertain about the future. Um, just know, and if that is you, just know that you know you're heard. You're not alone, and we're all here for you too. If, if there's anything we can do to help, uh, please reach out. And this is just you know from my page to reach out to the behavior chef. Uh, I know Do Better is a great place to to talk and share. Um, I don't know. I, that turned into something more than just nutritionally related because I think life is a lot more nutrition is one component. Um, you know, of the, to use the analogy earlier, it's the gasoline that goes into the car. Um, but there's a lot more maintenance to the car than just keeping the right gas in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to make sure that holistically that you're, you're doing okay, that you're to turn a phrase doing better. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're doing it better on a, not just nutrition, but sleep, stress, yeah. you know, sleep. yeah, the sleep most overlooked is, one. I, I can't, I can't <laughs> tell you, like when I was at my heaviest, I, I definitely did not care about my sleep. I, mm-hmm. I did not take that in consideration. I would fall asleep at five o'clock, go, I mean, sleep for about six hours, wake up at two, did start working again as a teacher going to work yeah i i destroyed my metabolism and destroyed my quality of life by doing that so if you're out there and you're not sleeping well i i I think if anything that's the first step of taking care of yourself is making sure you arrange your environment so you can get the eight hours of sleep that you you need absolutely um Especially if you're over 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got kids, find a way to, to sleep. Uh, you know, I don't have them yet. And God bless you guys who are super humans and can work a full time and be awesome analysts and, and, you know, be attentive to your families and take care of yourself. I, Lord knows how you do it. But, um, you know, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to those people because I don't have kids yet. And I know that that's a huge variable in life. Yeah. Um, so, and I say yet, cause I know there will be there, but just, you guys are fantastic. Those, those are my heroes when it comes to people that are like on a journey to be better nutritionally. Um, and they've got like 8,000 things going on in their daily life, yet they're still killing it. Yeah. Those are the people you should really be interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> they know something that I don't clearly. And so, um, they, they just have that support system, I think. And I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing is find your support system. Yeah. Um, finding your support system, finding your values. I think mm-hmm. that's huge too. 
And yeah, just minding, I mean, reminding yourself why you're doing the things you're doing. Yeah. Some days it's going to get hard. Yeah. Uh, And you know, I, I have a reminder in my phone that goes off every morning that says, remember the purpose. Uh, Love that. Yep. I set an alarm for myself that says, remember the purpose because, and then the background on my phone, um, I think it's still the same, but it says something like uh, a little progress adds up to big results each day. Uh, Awesome. So it's, it's, you know, just those little things. When I look, the things that I look at the most are geared towards progress uh, specifically nutritionally. And I, that, that's what that means to me. So, you know, if I'm, I don't know, but like if I'm at work, uh, I've got a, a job, a workplace that loves to bring in cookies and uh, <laughs> especially on Fridays. Yeah. And it's so awesome, but also not <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. And so those kind of things, you know, and, and if I know that's coming, I can make adjustments for that in my meal prep, that kind of a thing. But yeah, um, yeah, just let those values drive you. Yeah. I that's love that. The thing. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Awesome. So I, I just want to say thank you. You're doing amazing work right now. I love following you and everything you're doing. Thank you. Um, that means a I, lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm super, I'm a super fan. I love just following whatever you're doing. Yeah. Now um, but I want to be respectful of your time. We've been talking for a while now and, um, I, well, I feel like it's the other way around. I'm, I'm, I've got an hour, uh, an hour on you guys. So it's only, uh, uh, I'm in the central time zone. So, you know, it's a little later for you. So I, I felt like I was dragging on there and talking too much. I apologize. No, no, no. I love that. Like every, like everything you have been saying I and mean, talking about is there's a lot of value in it and a little lot. I, a lot of great gold nuggets that people can take home and our listeners can take home and really start thinking about um, their own nutritional um, nutritional goals and how they can do better themselves um, with their nutrition, with their fitness, uh, with their own lifestyle choices. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. And that's, that, you know, that's ultimately what, what we're about um, is that we want to get people thinking. Uh, and, and just know you can do it. Um, whatever it is, you can do it. It's not far out of reach. It's just, uh, we got to find a better system for you. And that's kind of what we want to exist to do is to help people find that, that, um, system, whatever it is. So thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Clint. It was great learning more about everything. And I love the creative spin you're putting on. It's not just that it's novel and outside of what typically you would see behavior analysts doing, but you're doing it in a fun and engaging way too. So yay. Thank you. I, so it's, it's, it's kind of an Island over here. I don't get a lot of feedback unless it's negative, which is fine. Cause that, you know, we need that too. Um, when I, <laughs> that sounded bad. I don't get a lot of negative feedback, but what I mean is <laughs> it's, it's really cool to hear people say um, the way I'm approaching it is helping. Um, because ultimately I learned from Steve Hayes, a phrase that's changed the way I look at life forever. And I just want to be helpful to you. And that's, that's the phrase that he finishes a lot of his stuff with. And it, it's changed. It, it aligns a lot with do better uh, in, in the whole movement. And, you know, so that, that takes away a lot of the, it's about me. Uh, obviously there's a component to where, you know, I like, I'm reinforced by the likes and the, the follows and all that stuff. But really what that tells me is that I get a bit, a bigger audience to help. And, yep. uh, Ultimately, that's what I want to do. So I want to make sure that I'm the best practitioner that I can be. And I'm also giving you content that's engaging and fun. And uh, it's not too over the top because I can talk a lot. So if you're listening and, and you like it, let me know. If you're listening and I talk too much, let me know. 
<laughs> I, I would be any feedback can be good feedback. So, um, all that said, thank you guys for the wonderful feedback. And, um, uh, especially for two, uh, you know, two ABA heroes of mine, it's really cool to be able to join, uh, your podcast. And, uh, it's weird being in the interviewee seat. I don't get to do that too often. So, um, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Go forth on your quest and do better.